What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Welcome. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy. And Leslie. And our theme today is self-esteem. If this is your first time listening to the show, we are happy to welcome you into our adventure in saying yes to spirit. And um, every week we do have a theme just to get us focused and get us started. But what we know is that no matter what the theme is, there is always a connection to what saying yes to spirit has to do with that idea, that concept, or that situation. Today our theme is self-esteem, and we always start with uh, connecting the dots with our previous theme, and our most recent theme was, come hell or high water. And you know, what does that have to do with self-esteem, really? I think that's an unfair connect the dots. Somehow I just don't, I don't have a sense of, you know, when we were thinking about self-esteem as a topic, I, I wanted to talk about that because recently... I had done a class in the Dallas County Women's Jail where we were starting a self-esteem series and I was um, looking at the the difference between self-esteem and self-confidence and I'm really just trying to buy time until I can think of a connect the dots. But, you know, it's sort of connecting the dots between those two. But when I think about, now wait, it's coming, it's coming. When I think about the uh, determination and the uh, way that we interpreted come hell or high water, and it, you know, as being this very determined, or I'm going to do this regardless. Um, I'm, I am reminded of the class that I did, and where the women who really have had such life experiences that have never allowed them to have any self-esteem, and never given them any sense of their own value, their own preciousness, their own true, true light. Um, when they're in the, the first self-esteem class and they're learning about it, it's even like they're learning a new language, and I get a sense of their determination, their come hell or high water. They are going to discover what is this self-esteem? How do I get it? Why didn't I have it? How do I maintain it? And it's really, that's a fabulous connect with us now that I think about it, because they're really, these women in jail have, have shown, have demonstrated that kind of commitment to making their own self-esteem. And at the end of the day, I guess that's what we do. We have to we have to first accept where we are, right? The first, right. first step to any change is awareness. So having that awareness that they're having for the first time, man, I don't have that sense of value, that inner sense of who I am being precious and perfect. And then the determination they show that really is a come or hell or high water kind of thing, especially being in jail. <laughs> you have to have that kind of commitment just to get up in the morning, right? Right. There it is. Very proud of that because, you know, initially it was just nowhere to be seen. So that's good. And that goes to say that if you just keep talking, 
if you keep rambling long enough, well, gotta, something will happen something to connect the dots. Really worthwhile will come about. That's the thing. Well, that's a fabulous connect the dots, and uh, we have no idea where we're going to go with this theme of self-esteem and say yes to spirit. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll see how it unfolds. Please stay with us. Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit. This is Tracy. And before we get into our theme this week, I just want to remind you that you can stay in touch with us all throughout the week by visiting ReclaimJoy.com. And since we are going to be talking about self-esteem today, there is a 30 ways in 30 minutes, 30 ways to reclaim your joy in 30 minutes recording that you might find helpful there. And also, if you're new to Say Yes to Spirit, then please keep in mind that there are more than 175 shows archived at blogtalkradio.com. So please check out our primary page, and if there are themes or topics that are of interest to you, you can search the archives, and you'll find all kinds of topics from meditation to prosperity to self-esteem, of course, after today, things that are are spiritually grounded or spiritually directly spiritually related, as well as things that you might not think of as spiritually related, such as violence um, or abuse. And we've done shows on those kinds of topics as well. So you can always visit blogtalkradio.com forward slash YTS and uh, find something that will inspire you, inform you, and encourage you to always continue saying, say yes to spirit.
back and you're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. Our theme today is self-esteem. So self-esteem, <laughs> what is it? Why are we talking about it? I mean, where do we even start? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it's interesting. It's so fresh on my mind, as I said a minute ago. Um, I taught a class on self-esteem at the Dallas County Women's Jail, and it's probably not too much of a leap to to assume or to think, even though we should never assume, or to to guess that women sitting in jail probably have struggles with self-esteem. And what I'm fascinated by in understanding and listening to people talk about how they interpret self-esteem is there's so much confusion between self-esteem and self-confidence. Yes. And um, I'm I'm uh, reminded of a story that I heard from my favorite TV personality. Do you know who that is, Tracy? I could not possibly guess. <laughs> because of the no. <laughs> I know you love her, too. Not as much as I. No one could love her as much as I. But, yes, Oprah. Yes, it would be Oprah. She um, was interviewed once uh, about five years into her show. She had Tina Turner on her show, and she was reflecting back on that interview and she was sitting in her office or her area before she goes on stage and her assistant came in to tell her that Tina was in the green room and did she want to meet or you know greet Tina before they went out and Oprah recalled this moment of just becoming tearful and having this moment of saying to herself you know I'm this fat and I I just can't go out there and I'm just so unworthy and it's Tina Turner and who am I to interview Tina Turner and it was so interesting to hear Oprah talk about herself in terms of not having that as as I would initially interpret the self-confidence to go talk to Tina Turner, but even her in the interview identified that it was really her own inner self-esteem that was so low, and she thought so little of herself that it was affecting her ability to get out there. And it's fascinating because I always think about self-confidence because I, I, can, I can work a room. And I, yes, you can. Yeah, thank you. And I've done a little bit of stuff on stage before, and I've done some, lots of teaching, lots of teaching, and and I can really, in my soul, be feeling like a piece of dirt. And I can get up there, and I can make you laugh, and I can tell a story, and I can teach, and I can help you. But internally, I'm feeling really a lot of self-hate, and and so I'm always intrigued by this 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 thing that this self esteem which I come have come to understand is my valuing of myself and remembering the truth of who I am versus the image I'm presenting. And I you know, over the years and working with people in, in the moment that they are feeling the most vulnerable and I'll look at who they are in the world and who people see them as mm-hmm. and to see that, you know, there's there's such a difference in that and what would it be like if we all kind of were honest about what we were thinking on the inside versus what we were projecting on the outside and oh there's a video i saw once and i'm not remembering in this moment what it was you know like who was the sponsor of it or if it was a commercial but the video basically showed people walking through day-to-day life doing what they do but it was like there was a, a sign about what they really thought about themselves. Ooh. 
and, you know, or in their subconscious self-talk. Uh-huh. And what you're talking about is, is it, this was a perfect example of it because, you know, I just remember seeing people, you know, walking or smiling or doing a presentation or, you know, looking uh-huh. successful. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the image that was really, you know, or the idea that was really their perception of themselves, you know, they either were based in or stuck in, you know, a story or a label that was applied to them when they were a kid or, you know, they saw themselves as a rape victim, even though they were, were, you know, it may have happened 20 years earlier, Mm. but in their mind, they, you know, and so I think you're right. We confuse self-confidence and self-esteem a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot. And self-esteem, we cannot tell by anyone's behavior. External, right. We're seeing what they do, but we don't know what they think of themselves. Right. And that is real. I mean, it's making me take a breath right now and go, ooh. Because you only really get to know that if someone chooses to give you that information about the truth of what's going on inside of them. And it was really fascinating in this particular class that I was doing. There were 20 women and um, the exercise that we start off the series with is we send around sheets of paper and they get to write what they think about each other. And the idea is you only yeah. share something good, right? You know, <laughs> I hate that you took my honey bun, but, you know, something positive about each other. And and to take that seriously and to, you know, really spend time with it. So women will write, you know, quite a bit and you know in a group of 20 women you'll come away with four or five sheets written about you and then we'll talk about after they read them and women will will be so they'll just be sobbing saying I never knew I never thought I don't see myself this way yeah and this one woman said the most interesting thing in this most recent class she said when I think about it she said the people in this room know me better than anyone is ever known me. Right. I've never shared the things I've shared with these women and and no one knows me in my life. Not my family, not my partner because I don't share at this level with them. And so you, you know, 19 women in jail know more my authentic, you know, insecurities. You know, they're not the real authentic self which is, you know, pure light and pure love but these these messages that we give to each other, these vulnerabilities that we try to hide from each other, you know, they're sharing at that level and they're able to give each other an amazing gift of of saying, here's who I see you. And, you know, we do, I can think back to workshops at the Center for Spiritual Living where we would sit across from each other and say those words, you know, I see you. And then, you know, give a reflective thought about the truth of who each of us are. And I can remember having moments where people would be saying positive things to me. And I would literally have to, like, play a song in my head or, you know, count to ten backwards or something. Because I couldn't or wouldn't allow myself to take in the good. You know, Mm. my message of self-hate was so strong. That you saying something good to, you know, it's like, oh, it was like, you know, fingernails on a chalkboard. You know, I couldn't take it in. 
And that really gives you an indication. Are we suggesting that I have low self-esteem? Is that what it's looking like? Do we get a sense? <laughs> Should I say that was years ago and not last week? Or what would, what would make me look better at this point? I've gone too far. I've shared too much. I love the I, the um, the realization of the women in the jail hmm. that, you know, everything has been stripped away from me. Right. And so I have no pretense right. with these women I am in this pod with. Because, you know, really, where am I going to go? And how? what am I going to pretend? Right. You know, we're all dressed in the same we're, thing. Exactly. We don't have any trappings to confuse ourselves with that somebody has more or less. Yes. Right. And, and they see me day in and day yeah. out. And, okay. So, isn't that interesting that, you know, for the rest of us who aren't in jail, how easy it is to quote unquote hide yes. Yes. what's going on with yes. us. Yes. And and it made me think about how often we know or we read about people who someone they care about committed suicide. Oh gosh, yes. Yes. And they're you know, like I think I really knew that person well, and I could never imagine Mm. that he or she would take his or her own life and what was going on that I missed. Right. And we we always, right, remind people that it's not your fault, right, you know, that that person really may not have given you any signals, right, that they were seriously considering taking their own life. And it's a lot of this. Like we cover up our our self esteem if we think if we know it's low, because that's not accepted. We don't know how to get help for that. Right. Well, and we believe everybody else has self esteem because everybody else is projecting out this image. So we don't have these authentic conversations that says, you know, I'm scared to death. You know, I'm nervous. I don't know. You know, does she really love me? Does he really care for me? You know, how much, you know, am I the only one that's ever thought that, you know, that that I should, you know, don't have any value, that I should take my life? You know, that's a really fascinating conversation because, you know, I've had those conversations. I've certainly had those thoughts. And when I open up to people and share that, then it kind of gives them permission to share. And it's fascinating. I I get a lot of pleasure in watching the really self self confident people. You know, say, "Oh yes," you know, like, "Oh, you do." Oh, I feel better. You know, it's like, <laughs> "Gosh, I would have thought you of all people." So you know, it can be a great equalizer when one person shares the truth. But you know, those conversations are pretty rare. Yeah, unfortunately, so. You know, thinking of another. Uh, exercise that we do in part of the self-esteem series is um, I have the women each day write a letter to themselves as if they were God. What would God say to me today? And it's fascinating at first because many of the women are very identified. Their faith is Christian and it's very difficult for them to even conceptualize that idea and so we kind of shift it to what would love say or what would someone who loves me unconditionally say? So whatever language is easier. But to write myself a letter as someone, God, if you are comfortable with that, or, you know, someone who loves me unconditionally, 
what would they say to me? And that as well is so awakening to the women because then they have to put themselves outside of themselves and look at themselves and say, you know, I really am doing an amazing job considering I was, you know, handed around and sexually abused and had, you know, an addicted mother and no one, you know, no one looked after me. I had to feed myself since I was seven. You know, these stories are pretty dramatic for the women that come into the jail. And for them to be able to get outside of the shame and the blame and to give themselves some love. And, you know, that's the key to self-esteem is my love for myself. You can love me all day long, but how do I love myself? And how do I let your love in? You know, that's a real key thing. Exactly, because if I don't believe I am worthy of my own love, let alone your love, right? you know, how do I, how can I? I mean, you know, it's almost, it's a cliche, but you can't love someone else until you love yourself in a healthy way. You can love lots of other people right. in a dysfunctional way, right. in a clinging way, in a codependent way, right. what you think of as love. But to really be able to love someone unconditionally, you have to, I, I do now as I'm much older. You know, I think when I was younger, I kind of thought, yeah, yeah, no, not really. You can love someone else and still not love yourself. And and I think for me what, what shifted is that I can see that I love myself now and unconditionally, but that doesn't mean I have to be perfect. Like, I, I can right. love myself through the mistakes sure. that I made, That's through, the make, through the choices that didn't quite work out. I can forgive myself, which mm-hmm. is probably one of the biggest ways you know if you really have high self-esteem and love yourself, because you, you know you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And you know no one else is either, but you don't hold yourself to the expectation that you never make a mistake. And, yeah, you might hurt somebody or you might hurt yourself. And can you forgive yourself and then make new choices and set a new cause into motion? Right. And truly let go of the shame and the blame and the uh, the guilt and those kinds of feelings. And that's a huge, huge, huge way of being. (laughs) Huge, Tracy. Yeah, huge. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's a fascinating. um, I'm pondering that idea. You know, I think I'm starting uh, to to understand the power of being loved unconditionally. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, and I certainly, I'm thinking back, and, you know, I, I think that is an attitude, love, and so you love yourself. I, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think I, I think I have given love unconditionally even when I didn't love myself, but I, but being able to um, feel that, let myself feel it. You know, it's an interesting ponder. But I, but I really, you know, it's like I think I have been a bridge for others. Certainly, you know, it's kind of a in a friendship or in a mentoring ship kind of relationship. 
you know, I can love these people that I work with unconditionally. I can reflect to them the the truth of who they are, and I can kind of be a bridge. You know, I can kind of hold that space for them until they can get it for themselves. Yes. And yet, as I'm starting to be loved unconditionally, it's it takes it to a whole different level of loving myself unconditionally. I guess, you know, it, it, it is kind of a deeper, a deeper, uh, kind of as God loves, you know. I, I, I've i never, I've never until recently let that feeling of having someone love me as God loves, let that wash over me. And that kind of has, has given me, you know, a gift that you can't, there's no value to it, has, it hasn't given me, it's given me permission in a strange way to, to have my, to remember the truth of who I am, I guess. That makes no sense at all. So I'm going to just shut up now. <laughs> but it's a powerful thing to be on, you know, to to love unconditionally and to let myself be loved unconditionally. You know that, and that is a God, I think that's the idea of why we're here, right, in theory? Is to be God in skin for each other. Now that's an interesting question. Well, I believe that to be true, that that's why we're here. I'll just jump ahead to my answer. Okay, just we're, make it a statement. We're God and skin to each other, yes, yes. Wow. And that's, you know, that becomes the... So this, this challenge of accepting when my self-esteem is low, I push away other people trying to love me because I can't believe that they could really love me right. with all my flaws. Right. Ooh. So what just went through my mind was this thinking about in traditional Christianity, the best I can be, the best you can ever be as a sinner. Ooh. The best you can ever be as a sinner. That you are, you are born of original sin. You are born as a flawed being. You will always be a flawed being, and that is why Jesus died for your sins. And when I think about that, it's like no wonder. I mean, you know, not blaming Christianity, but it just is another source that gives people the message that you're not good enough. Now, on the other hand, Christianity also says God loves you so much, he's, he gave his only begotten son. So Jesus did die for your sins, but Jesus did that, was like ordered to do that by God who loves you so much, even though the best you can be is a sinner. So, I don't know, there's this whole thing, you know, okay, so our show would say yes to spirit. It's like, how do we reconcile low self-esteem with what we believe to be the spiritual truth of you, that you are created whole, perfect, and complete, and everything that you do in your life, nothing you can do in your life can separate you from your direct connection with God or with spirit, with love, with beauty, with harmony, with balance. It can temporarily be a barrier or a challenge. It can be an experience you go through, but it's not harming 
or destroying the essential nature you have of love, beauty, joy, balance, harmony, prosperity, abundance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so if, if we are God and skin for each other, then there, there, there would be value in approaching each other, seeing that value for the other until they see it in themselves. Yes. And, um, you know, having the women write those God letters to themselves, one of the women's response after the week of doing it, she said, she said, I never understood that I could do this for myself, that I could be my own encourager. Wow. That she had always looked for that. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, it's fantastic and fabulous when if we find someone that can be God in skin for us. But at the end of the day, we can be our own God in skin. You know, we can be our own encourager. And there is, that is the thing that, you know, we, we always have access to ourselves, right? Hopefully. <laughs> in theory, I have many selves that I have access to. So, you know, I can just pick which one I want to be. Well, that day. I, I think that's why I was saying in theory, because uh-huh. we always have access to ourselves and sometimes ourselves are the biggest bully. Bully, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, yes. And so then, then it becomes, you know, an opportunity to either be reminded by others or to have a daily practice. You know, how, how long has it been since we talked about daily practice? To to try to remind or reawaken myself to the truth of myself. And, you know, this is another question that came up in class, and I didn't really have a I mean, I have an understanding, a little belief system about it. But once you have self-esteem, once you really get it, can it go away? Yes. No, that's your answer. Final answer? No. <laughs> Does it go away or do you just fall asleep to it? And it's still there. Is it kind of Does it become kind of like God? If I have a core sense of self-esteem, if I work, if, let's say I'm one of these women in jail and I do my work and I get to the point where I love myself and I know the truth of myself, can I lose that? Can yes. I? Yes. You're sticking to that answer. I like it, Trace. Be committed. So, so I yeah. lose it. Do I have to start again at the bottom and build it back up? Well, I don't. I don't think. I don't think of it as a bottom or a top. Ah. <clears throat> the reason that yes came out so quickly and so clearly and so confidently. <laughs> I was very impressed by that. I was like, well, she must be right. She's saying it so strongly. Well, I don't know about right or wrong, but it, it just immediately hit me that as we go through our life experience, lots of different things happen. And so I could feel, and in fact, I, I, I can think of it in my own life where I have pretty high self-esteem. I have been through a number of things, but it's, you know, to the point of understanding it's just part of my growing process and have really high self-esteem. But, you know, when I broke up, with the when the relationship ended, after the nine-year relationship I had been in, right. my self-esteem was shaky for a while because it was like, I know this was a right, this, this is moving me toward my next, best and highest good. I know this. I believe it. I believe I'm directly connected with spirit and 
good or something good must come of this. And from the the place of self-esteem, it's like, wow, you were in that relationship for nine years. You really expected to be in that relationship for the rest of your life. Maybe you're not good enough to be in a relationship. Maybe you don't have the skills that you need. Maybe you don't know how to find the right person for you. And there was really a period of time where I was like, I don't know that, you know, it Did wasn't. trust yourself? It wasn't a, I don't ever think I'll be in a relationship again out of anger or revenge or fear. It wasn't that. You know how sometimes people will end, have a, go through a divorce or in a relationship and they'll be angry. Yes. And, you know, and I'm never going to put myself through that again. And, you know, <laughs> it wasn't that. It really was a self-esteem issue of, wow, maybe maybe I'm just not made to be in a relationship for the rest of, in, in one committed relationship for the rest of my life. Maybe I'm not good enough to do that. Maybe I don't know how. I mean, it was self-esteem, not anger. Um, And, of course, I didn't stay there for 10 years, but I was probably there off and on for five years before I really felt confident that, I'm ready for a relationship again. I I know I do know how to do this. I do know that I'll make mistakes and this other person will make mistakes and we can work through it. So I feel like I did quote unquote lose self esteem uh-huh. around relationships and that for a while. And and I'm not there anymore. My overall self esteem is probably better than ever. Well, that's interesting. Can you have self-esteem in a relationship and then self-esteem in your job and then self-esteem or is self-esteem like this this under foundation currently? The other things pop up from it? Because that makes it sound like you had lost your self-confidence in relationship but maybe not in your workplace where you still... All that in a bag of chips in your workplace? No, not really. Uh, <laughs> no, for me. You just fall apart completely trying to do that. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you ask the question that way, because the reason I think think of it more as self-esteem than self-confidence is because I still have a lot of confidence to do things, and not from a place of covering up some weakness in this area. I did not have confidence in my ability to to do relationships, but it wasn't that. It really was more of a self-esteem, like, who am I? And I believe that even though it wasn't directly related to any other aspect of my life, that the self-esteem, as you just mentioned, self-esteem kind of is a foundation that goes across all areas of your life. Self-confidence is related to individual aspects of your life. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Your example earlier. You have lots of self-confidence to be a, you know, a comedian, to, you know, be on stage to teach. But self-esteem was kind of the layer under all of that. And you could cover it up. Yes. You could pretend. You could 
confidently do things you had competencies in, um, but it didn't change that sense of self-esteem. And so, yeah, I think in, if there were things that I had to do, and I can't think of any right now, but if there had been things that I had to do that really were based on being in relationship, um, well, yeah, social things. You know, going to an event, you know there are going to be a lot of couples there. Even though I already uh-huh. knew them, I didn't want to be around them. And it wasn't really confidence. It was, I I don't think I know how to do this. Interesting, yeah. I, which sounds like confidence, but it wasn't from that That's point. It was, I could show up and be social. I had confidence that I could do that. But that esteem part of worthiness. There you go, that word. Yeah, word. Um, value. Yeah. Personal value. Yeah, that stuff for, you know, a couple years was like, no, I, I'm not even going to put myself in a situation. And don't mention, like, do you want to date someone? <laughs> no. I got this fabulous guy. Right. Friends, <clears throat> right. Friends <throat> saying, you know, here's... Would you like Fred. me? Is it time for me to start introducing Fred people? Over here. No. So how did you recreate? Did you rebuild? Would you use the Would you use the phrase rebuild? Would you use the phrase remember? See, now that's my question: is Is it did the self esteem really go away, or did you just forget it? Did you have to rebuild it? Did you have to, or did it just was it a remembering? I like that you're thinking seriously about my question. I find that that must have value, Ted. <laughs> Can you well, think that I far back? For me, for me in this particular scenario, and we have to think, you know, look at some other scenarios, but in this particular scenario, it wasn't remembering like it was always there all the time. It was rebuilding. It was rebuilding. It was, I know this isn't true. I know this story isn't true. And... So in the sense of remembering what I do know about wholeness and and self-esteem and all of that, the intellectual side of it, uh, you know, uh-huh. I know this, but what do I have to do to actually feel this, connect the head and the heart again? And, um, you know, and then that, interestingly enough, our show is Say Yes to Spirit. Interestingly enough, enough. so for me, what happened was really, you know, getting back to the spiritual truth of who I am and knowing that God's intention for me is a life I love. And, you know, all of the spiritual work was really what got me back to Really, I'm thinking that that's so stupid. That is not who uh, I. That's not the truth of me. Uh-huh. So for me, the the saying yes to spirit is what brought me back around to you know. But I still had to do the work. I had to do affirmations. I needed mm. you know. I I found myself reading books again that just reminded me of there are skills and there are resources. So I think someone, you know, totally off my story, but if someone is raped or recently, um, like across the street from my house, 
a woman was robbed at gunpoint. Oh, dear. And I just, you know, if you think about that, probably definitely would affect her self-confidence of going out and walking her dog or whatever she was doing, walking sure. to the sto- to the drugstore two blocks away, you know, whatever reason had her out, you know, at 8 o'clock in the evening, I can immediately see it would affect her self-confidence. Yes. But I can imagine that it could also affect her self-esteem. Why did they rob me? Ooh. What vibe was I sending out that allowed them to think they could you know, harm me or that I had money that they could get or whatever. And then you start questioning your own worth in the world. Now I've been robbed. Who am I? And all of that. So I think your self-esteem can change. That's really, yeah, that's interesting. And I guess I think that's probably it, it, it can evolve. I was, I was kind of hoping once I get it that I'll always have it. So, no, not so okay, much. so let's go back a few years. So you've had a lot of success in the world of work, and then when you weren't working anymore. And oh, you fine. Job, okay, see, there you go. Okay, uh-huh, right. Where you weren't working in that way, yeah. in that job, yeah. and it wasn't really your choice yes. at that time. Thanks for telling everyone, yes. Yeah, oh, right. you talk about it all the time. <laughs> so... Um, when I was eating pie on the couch, couldn't get out of bed. Well, I didn't sleep in bed. I slept on the couch. Those times, those those years. <laughs> so dark. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, stop. Um, Suicidal so, years, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm waiting. Yes. That's so funny. So some of that was self-confidence <laughs> and some of that was self-esteem. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, and you know, I I guess I I guess I'm I'm clinging to this idea that self-esteem can be remembered because I am familiar with the idea that my spirituality of understanding the truth of who I am, I can go so light and dark in a in a flash with that, and I would like to think that my self-esteem is a similar thing that I just can go with a flash with it that I don't you know. Well, I think that's true. I I think that's true. I mean, even in in my own example, Uh I would have the flash of, wait a minute, why are you telling yourself that Uh, story? Right, right, right. You are... All that in a bag of chips. uh, You know, but not from an ego point of view, but from a, you know that your life is divinely guarded, guided, and protected by spirit. And so what are you tripping about? You know, and in that moment of forgetting, I would remember. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, the moment you remember, yes. That I would realize I'd forgotten yes. and I still had to affirm it and remind it because my subconscious and my ego was really attached to the low self-esteem messages. Right. And the value that we put on relation or family or the external, my job, you know, um, one of the women told the story about 
you know, uh, having to, you know, get all A's or trying to be a, a star. Um, uh, she said she played soccer and she would, you know, try to be the best soccer player and her grandmother would come watch her and her uncle would come watch her, but, you know, her mom was drunk and never came to watch her. And so she, you know, was always looking for that mother in the stands. It didn't matter that the grandmother there, the uncle was there. And so how she perceived her value was whether or not her mom, so she couldn't even really kind of take in the other support that she was getting. Right, that there is love here for you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, and she saw how she's played out in her life with the relationships with men in terms of trying to get all the A's or trying to play the best soccer game, like you were saying earlier, trying to do all those external things to get that to get that external approval to then try to feel better about myself. And I, and that, I guess, is the question that all of us can only answer for ourselves. You know, am I doing this, you know, out of some desperation to get my mom's approval or am I, you know, doing this because I authentically love doing it? And, you know, I, I, I think until we kind of stop and ask those hard questions and kind of have those authentic conversations with ourselves and with our, you know, our circle, you know, we don't ever really, we could go a long time on automatic pilot and not know, you know, is it live or is it Memorex? Is it really self-esteem? Am I really connected to spirit? Do I really know the truth of who I am? Or am I just, you know, operating on some pre-prescribed hamster trail? Or what is that, that little wheel in the... (laughs) Am I just on my wheel... Right. And not really, you know. Just running on my wheel. Keeping going. Just keeping my head above water. Sometimes it does feel like that. And that's not really, you know, that's, and I think that creates an illusion of self-esteem. You know, if I have the job, if I have the relationship, if I have the car, if I have the house, if I have the dog, if I have the kid, if I have the, you know, right bumper sticker on my car, you know, if I have all those things, and those people really are the most devastated in a way, you know, at the end of their life, because to some extent, then when we're really kind of, you know, you might, you might always have the relationship, you might always have the kids, they might still all be, but at some point, there will come a point where you're left with you. And yeah. is that enough? Yeah, and that, that goes back to the the reality that you can't look at someone. They look like they are happy. They look right. like they have all the things and have checked all the boxes. Right. And you don't know what they're really thinking or what's really going on with them. And what's really scary is that there are a lot of people who they don't know what's going on with themselves either because they're just <laughs> caught up in the right. trappings of this is what you're supposed to do to be labeled successful, and they're checking all the boxes. And then the stock market crashes, and, or they get fired or laid off after 25 years in one career or one company, and they have no idea who they really are. And they, they're, they're what they thought was self-esteem, or they had self-esteem, but it was all identified by through this through external, external right. things. Right. 
So, so is that self-esteem? I don't know. If it's all in the external and the external is taken away, that doesn't feel like self-esteem to me. But I think a lot of people yes. believe they have high self-esteem because they have achieved external. the things that look right. like what they've labeled as success. Right. So they have pride in their success and in their achievements, and they don't know that that is not necessarily self-esteem. Right, 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 right. The illusion. So in the Depression, in the U.S., in the Depression in the late 20s, early 30s, you know, all the people who jumped out of buildings <laughs> and committed suicide right. because every, their money situation changed. They didn't, I, I would guess many of them did not know their self-esteem was identified from these external inputs like money, cars, trophy wives, whatever it was. You know, it's so fascinating. I had an opportunity this week to sit in a Dallas homeless shelter, one of the largest uh, shelters that Dallas built a few years ago. Nice structure, you know, a clean structure. And and in this intake area that I was sitting with one of the women that had recently gotten out of jail that was trying to get some resources and have a place to sleep for the night, um, the intake area, there were probably 100 people waiting to kind of go through the intake process. And then probably, you know, 25 of them were already there, but were sitting in that room watching the television. And I could so sense the energy off of the people that I could just see that they had just accepted this is this was their lot in life. This was all that was ever going to be for them. And they just had, you know, there was no, there was no energy to them. It was almost like there was a void. It was so fascinating because I just don't believe that's true. I know that their spirit, I know they're God expressing, but their human experience had been so devastating for so long. It was as if there was just this kind of strange energetic void there. And then there was other people who were just as homeless, and I don't know what their story, but their energy was so high. And I could see that they were like, this was just a, step on their way they you know they were they were seeing this as you know part of the journey not the not the end game and um and i'm reminded how i can take a circumstance and i can either make it the end game or i can make it you know it really is my perception of that experience that then propels me into what happens next and God helped me if I sat down and said, you know, your perception of this experience is keeping you homeless. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's a lovely thing. I understand that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying it for myself, really. You know, it's my perception of my experience that then allows me to, you know, move forward in a positive direction or causes me to. Wow. And that's a great scenario. Um, because as you were talking, I was trying to imagine if I were in that situation, right? which person would I be? <laughs> which man? And there's a part of me that says, without doubt, that wherever I was, I would be showing up kind and friendly and 
always being alert to what I could do to make someone else's day go well. So even if I'm being, you know, I'm having to wait and go through intake, the people who are sitting next to me, you know, to say something kind or to ask a question and to make sure they they knew that I saw them yes. as a person. Yes. Yeah, that was huge. I could tell people weren't seeing each other's people. And, you know, when the intake person is interviewing me to actually smile or to compliment them, not to get something, but just, you know, so there's a part of me that says, absolutely, that's how you would show up because that's how you show up and that's not circumstantial. And there's this other part of me going, what would have had to have happened is to get you there. Well, and I, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I, there have been months. There, yeah. There have there. been a series be of with, months where. You'd be with me and the cat. She <laughs> wouldn't be there. That might be worse. She might prefer to be there. And it's like, yeah, I can, I can imagine things could go what, you know, what I want, what my brain wants me to say so horribly long <laughs> yeah. that I could be homeless. And there is that part of me that totally relates to how it could feel like it was an end game. Yeah. It's like, if I'm here, I don't know what else to do. Right. I couldn't stop this. I couldn't come up with a solution and, you know, something before that it could have the power to remove that self-esteem or separate me from it. Uh-huh. And I would like to think that wouldn't happen to me, but I can actually imagine it could. I yeah. don't think it would win. Right. But it could. But it could. Sure. And maybe that's ha- maybe that's half of the battle right there, to realize it could happen and to say yes to spirit, <laughs> it, right. you know, to really right. maintain that in my life. So if I ever had that situation, I wouldn't lose myself. Right. Because that's what it really is. Yes. When, when your self-esteem is low, you've lost the richness, the beauty, the uniqueness, the value of who you are in the world, having your own unique experience. And you know, the more we're talking, the more I'm thinking I'm committing to the idea that self-esteem is really connected to my spiritual essence, my spiritual belief, my spiritual, my... uh you know, my my core understanding of the truth of who I am is kind of connected to my self-esteem in, in one one place to the other. There's a dance. I think I agree There's a with dance you. there. There's a dance there. I think I agree with you. <clears throat> and so once again, we have demonstrated that there's no topic that is separate from right. the thread, the golden thread or of spirit connecting the dots and making it, I was going to say better, but I don't even think about it. It's not better or worse, but make, making it so that you can see the truth. Right. 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 The truth of life. Right. The essence of all things. And not losing, you know, not allowing the external circumstance, not losing that awareness regardless of what is happening to me, right? But whatever the human experience is, not losing sight of that spiritual truth. 
Well, cool. I think that might be just about all the time we uh, can spend on uh, this topic anyway. So, self-esteem. I don't think we've talked about this before on Say Yes to Spirit. So. <laughs> and now, now we have. I feel like there's something more you're going to say, but no, so there's nothing else. Either. And now we have. Now we have. And so now my, my self-esteem, I'm going to, you know, that God letter, writing those God letters to myself, I like that. I like that idea. What would love say to me today? So you could take that on if you're listening as a homework assignment for the next week. Yeah. Spiritual homework. Spiritual homework. Cool. So thanks for joining us on Say Yes to Spirit. And until we meet again, say Say yes yes to spirit. Spirit. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.